You're listening to ReachMD, and this is Inside Medicare's new payment system, produced in partnership with the American Medical Association. This podcast was produced before final regulations for the quality payment program created by the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act, or MACRA, were released. Visit the AMA website for the latest news and more details on Medicare's new quality payment program. Value-based, patient-centered care has become the destination for all branches of medicine and is the philosophy driving modern payment reform initiatives like MACRA. But the unique care delivery needs in each specialty challenge the notion that one payment model can serve everyone. Nowhere has this become more relevant than in the field of oncology, which will be the focus of discussion today. This is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. I'm joined by Dr. Robin Zahn, practicing oncologist and vice president and senior partner at Michiana Hematology Oncology in South Bend, Indiana. Dr. Zahn is past chair of ASCO's Clinical Practice Committee and now serves as chair-elect of the Government Relations Committee, which alongside other stakeholders at ASCO helped develop a patient-centered oncology payment model, or PCOP. Dr. Zahn, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me this afternoon. It's great to have you with us. So on this patient-centered oncology payment model, you helped design what appears to be a three-phased approach to reforming oncology care payments, and it starts with a new way of looking at care management fees. Tell us about that. So ASCO convened a group of volunteers to help design a new payment reform model, understanding that the oncology costs were a very large and growing percent of healthcare spending. And as providers and as volunteers within uh, ASCO, which is the largest professional society of uh, oncologists worldwide, we felt that we could be part of the solution, especially since there had already been some projects that demonstrated that there are methods, in fact, to reduce oncology costs while promoting quality care. Relevant to MACRA, as you well understand, is that our payments are being directed away from volume and fee-for-service and are being directed more towards value care. So we identified potential model opportunities where we could look at at chemotherapy episodes of care and try to develop a system, develop a mechanism in which we would have three different ways of paying for oncology care to provide the services that our patients need and want. Specifically, as you understand, we're being paid a fee-for-service, a face-to-face. But yet a lot of the work that the oncology provider does is behind the scenes. So, for example, for a new patient consultation, it's not just seeing the patient face-to-face. It's all the staff and the work and the costs associated with that in getting your source documentation, talking to the pathologist, talking to radiologists, other specialty doctors that are required for the care of that patient, and developing a treatment plan. And that all happens behind the scenes for which many uh, specialty doctors are not being reimbursed. Then as we proceed in care for our patients for the treatment, It goes beyond just face-to-face when we're treating our patients, but it's all the supportive care and the care management to help minimize complications related to therapy. So we felt that it would be important to develop options that would transition away from fee-for-service. And the three options include a first phase where there's actually new codes that are added to existing E&M codes to try to cover the cost of services. And primarily what that covers is care management, including triage and rapid response to concerns and issues a patient may be having so we could try to reduce complications. A second phase replaces the E&M codes entirely with a monthly payment code that provides flexibility from the provider standpoint and how the care is actually delivered. And a third phase would be a bundled monthly payment that would include 
not only the oncology practice costs, but other costs involved in the care of our patients, such as testing, hospitalization, and or drugs. Now, this particular approach doesn't necessarily mean that folks who would be interested in this alternative payment model would all start with adding new codes. There may be some that are very comfortable in looking at monthly payments, either by replacing E&M codes or monthly bundled payments. So we felt with this type of a model that there were opportunities for practices, regardless of their level of sophistication and regardless of where they were in terms of development oncology medical homes or developing the infrastructure to support an alter alternative payment model, that they would have an opportunity to come into this particular alternative payment model. Dr. Zahn, you're obviously looking at this from an oncology point of view, but just seeing this from a 30,000-foot view as a three-phased approach from uh, overhauling the management or care management fees to looking at consolidating the codes to moving in on bundled payments, do you see this as applicable beyond oncology as well? So that's a great question, and I would envision the, the answer to that would be yes. I think there may be portions of these options, for example, adding new codes that could be applicable to, to other disciplines and other specialties. There may be others. In fact, there's already work, as you well know, in the orthopedic world looking at the bundled payments. You know, so that may be an area where bundled monthly payments would be appropriate. Similarly, we are aware of the alternative payment model concept, if you will, and the bundled payments for end-stage renal disease and for dialysis. So there's actually already some models out there that are showing that the concept of one of these three options, looking at bundled payments, is actually quite effective. And it looks then like this approach via the PCOP model would require putting in more money up front for total patient care so as to then save cost of care down the road. Am I understanding that correctly? You're absolutely right. And the, the issue is, is that uh, for the past couple decades, at least for the time that I've been practicing um, in a community setting, most of the services that we are providing for our patients, which happens after the face-to-face -face encounter, has actually been paid for uh, by profit margins uh, uh, that we gain from a, a number of other um, activities that we're involved in, including um, the, the usage of, of chemotherapy drugs. And of course, with reimbursement changing in, in all ways, in all manners, our, our margin to be able to support those services as a specialty field has remarkably decreased, but nobody is paying us for the services that we're providing our patients outside of the face-to-face -face model. So, so in our initial modeling, you know, we looked at uh, the potential for net savings, and we actually did an illustrative analysis looking at 2012 Medicare data and looked at 500 new medical oncology patients to the system. And we looked at the current average spending per beneficiary as it would stand in, in 2012, then looked at the proposed new payments and estimated savings. And what we discovered is that even though, to your point, that there is money being put in for care management fees and to allow the physician group to provide the services for the patient, there ended up being a 4% savings. And this particular illustrative analysis, what we discovered is for 500 new Medicare patients that are coming to the practice with a new diagnosis of cancer that would re require some type of treatment, either IV or oral chemotherapy, that although the additional practice revenue would be about $1 million, the net payer savings, in this case, Medicare net payer savings, was also approximately $1 million. I'm sure that's turning heads across the board for a number of our listening audience. Uh, did you find that those responding or reviewing 
uh, those numbers uh, from the CMS or Macroside, if anybody has reviewed that, also had their head turned a little bit? Right. So that's a, a great question. I, I'm sure that, you know, CMS is aware uh, of the PCOPs. ASCO leadership has been in conversation with CMS regarding this uh, particular proposed alternative payment model. And in fact, ASCO plans in submitting this PCOP model to the PCAC, which is the committee that is uh, looking at alternative payment model submissions from a number of specialties, and then making advisement to CMS as to whether or not those particular APM submitted should be uh, endorsed by CMS. Now, let me ask you one more question that gets back to that comparison of oncology with the broader field of medicine. Oncology is special in many respects with regards to payment uh, because of the very high cost of care with chemotherapy and radiation therapy. Um, Do you find that the potential savings here could apply um, to other fields that might have different uh, types of uh, costs related to the care? No, certainly. And I, my answer to that would be yes. You know, certainly there are other fields now that are using some of the very same drugs that we use. So, for example, ophthalmology uses bevacizumab, otherwise known as Avastin, for macular degeneration. You have other specialty fields, such as uh, those uh, who are treating rheumatoid arthritis that are using monoclonal antibodies that we use for treatment of lymphoma and so on and so forth. So you can see that from the drug spend know, in other specialties where they're also using very high-cost drugs, that there could be some benefit. But I, I, I'd like to mention, however, that in oncology care, although 10% of, of the dollar, if you will, actually goes to the provider, the rest of it, the 90%, goes not only to drug costs, but also to testing um, and imaging and other services a patient may need. So I could envision that going forward, there could also be a reduction, not only in, in efficiently using drugs, but also in efficiently uh, using other services, such as imaging and diagnostic testing. And specifically for oncology is the increased utilization of what we refer to as molecular testing, where we're actually doing genomic analysis of the cancer cells themselves and then using that to help direct therapies. But I would venture to, to say that genomic analysis extends beyond oncology, and it could be used in other specialties, for example, There is work that is being done in the anesthesia world where they're looking at potential for pain control based on genomic analysis of a particular person's pain receptors and and metabolism, um, as well as types of anesthesia that they may be using for folks. So I can envision that this type of model would be extremely appropriate in being able to reduce costs across a number of fields. Excellent. And while we're on that subject of envisioning, I want to take an opportunity to think about a day-to-day view of the model's impact on care pathways. I understand that you have spoken at length about looking at how prospective oncology patients' courses of care could play out differently from the fee-for-service model versus this uh, PCOP model. Can you talk a little bit about how a sample patient might experience that care differently between the two? So first, I think it's important to appreciate that not all oncology practices are the same in terms of what they're able to provide in terms of services because their partners uh, may vary. Uh, There are some oncology practices that are uh, partnering with hospitals. They're often owned by hospitals, so they are able to offer one set of services. But then there's a wide breadth of independent community practices ranging from the doctors who are still single doctors or one or two-person groups to groups that are larger like mine where we have 15. So you can see that there could be then obviously a different budget that is available to support uh, patient needs and services. 
So what I could envision is, for example, let's look at a small practice that's in a rural community. And by the way, you know, much of oncology care is delivered in rural community because there's a significant number of patients diagnosed with cancer that live in rural America. So having said that, you may only have one or two medical oncologists, and if they're independent, they only have so much uh, of a budget to be able to support all the services that we provide that we're currently not reimbursed for. So the example that I like to use is a gentleman named John who comes in and he gets a, a round of chemotherapy, and very appropriately so, he gets very good education, is giving a number of prescriptions to use at home as needed to help control any symptoms that he may experience from the therapy. And sometimes, but not always, uh, many times he's also given a number that he can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week in case there's any questions or concerns. Well, John goes home, and, and he's, a, he's an older gentleman, and, and he's fairly stoic. And he says to himself, yeah, I'm not feeling all that well. You know, the next day he wakes up, I'm feeling a little worse, but I don't want to bother the doctor. Okay. He goes on, and the next day he tries to, you know, remember what was told to him, and he's kind of forgotten, and he's embarrassed. He doesn't really want to call anybody. And the following day, his family members come to visit him, and John is now quite ill. He's dehydrated, and in fact, he's been having some side effects including some nausea and vomiting and perhaps a little bit of loose bowels. And now he has to go to the emergency room where he then is hospitalized for a multi-day treatment of supportive care. So that may be a situation that occurs now. Now, how would this change with the PCOP model? Well, what would change is that that very same group, the one or two person group, is now being given additional money, additional code reimbursement that allows them now to be able to hire uh, a nurse who's what we call an outbound triage nurse. And the outbound triage nurse now is able to contact these patients for the one or two or three days as necessary after the chemotherapy is delivered. So let's replay this situation. John gets his chemotherapy, he gets the education, and he gets the prescriptions from his doctor and nurses, just like he did in the other situation. He goes home and he wakes up the next day and says, you know, I'm not feeling so well. The phone rings. And it's the outbound triage nurse from John's doctor's office asking how he's doing. John explains to the nurse exactly what the symptoms are. The nurse then talks with the doctor and comes back and re-educates John on how to use his supportive medication as well as what to do to try to hydrate himself and says to John, I'm going to call you tomorrow and I'm going to make sure you're doing okay, but please call me if you have any questions or concerns. John doesn't call that day, but she then calls back the following day. John's feeling a little better, but he's not quite perfect. So the nurse goes back and talks to the doctor again, and then comes back to the patient and says, you know, we've been discussing some things, and you may want to try this, and this is one um, option to help hydrate yourself, and you may want to try this in terms of how you're using the supportive care medicine. And by the end of three days, John is feeling much better. He avoids an emergency room, and he avoids a hospitalization. So by offering the, the funding, by offering the monies for care management and to transform the practice infrastructure, so it can in fact support what's needed by the patient's needs and what they want, they're able to actually affect the outcome of that particular patient in reducing emergency room and acute hospitalization visits. That's excellent. I, I'm marveling because from what I've heard it sounds like the care could not be more divergent. <laughs> and the, the meaningful applications of this potential model um, could have huge ramifications for care, especially between visits, as you were talking about. For those who are just joining us, this is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. I'm speaking with Dr. Robin Zahn, 
practicing oncologist from Michiana Hematology Oncology in South Bend, Indiana, past chair of ASCO's Clinical Practice Committee, and chair-elect of the Government Relations Committee. So, Dr. Zahn, from what I've gathered, this model is one of the most developed APMs put forward by any specialty group. Now, how did the oncology field move so far in front of this, and where would you say other providers are right now with respect to MACRA? Well, as I mentioned, you know, ASCO approximately, I guess it's been three years ago now, had recognized, you know, that there have, there is escalating cost in oncology care, and we really need to be part of the solution and gaining control. And there were projects that were being done um, by our own oncology providers, actually, looking at what's called oncology medical home uh, centers, as well as other demonstration projects to show how we might be able to reduce the cost of care for our patients. So having said that, there's been over three years of work that's been done primarily by volunteers from a number of different settings, including not only the community setting, but also the academic. And over a period of two years, we developed this model and have continued to work and refine it. And in fact, have currently the PCOP being demonstrated in one particular instance uh, with a practice and a payer and are currently expanding that so we could provide that information to the PTAC as they review it in the future. So with regards to your question about other practices, um, I am not aware um, that the other specialty practices are as far as long as we may be in terms of APM development. Now, I'm not familiar with all the specialties um, and what they're doing specifically for alternative payment models, but both by your comments and by other comments shared with me, our model seems to be one of the more advanced. But as far advanced as it's come, I imagine it's still going to take some steps for this model to become a set alternative payment model under MACRA. What, what is it going to take to get there? Right. So um, under the MACRA statute, Congress actually is encouraging that CMS um, invite alternative payment models as an option of payment for, for providers. As you're aware, um, there are two options for payment or two paths, if you will. One is the MIPS um, and the other is the APMs or the Advanced Alternative Payment Model uh, System. So oncology, as a PCOP model, the PCOP model, will apply, they will take their uh, model and submit it to the PTAC, and then the PTAC will analyze our model. Hopefully, we'll have some uh, more financial information that would support what our claims are for cost savings, reducing costs while saving money, improving quality care, and then submit that to the CMS. So what it's going to take is a review, and then CMS will need to review the review by the PTAC committee take their recommendations under consideration, and then determine as to whether or not they would allow PCOP to be another possible advanced alternative payment model for the oncology world. Currently, there's only one alternative payment model for oncology, and that is through the CMMI oncology care model. And that particular alternative payment model will become an advanced alternative payment model in 2018. And I think it's important to take a, a moment to explain the difference between an alternative payment model and an advanced alternative payment model. The main difference is that an, an alternative payment model such as this talks about ways in which you take payment away from fee-for-service and face-to-face -face and payment that focuses on value and quality. What happens with an advanced alternative payment model is that there's a two-sided risk. So those individuals, those providers that are participating in an advanced alternative payment model are at risk for loss just as they're at risk for gain and increase in revenue. So in order to be an advanced alternative payment model, which is where CMS and the statute would like to see providers to go, you have to have a two-sided risk. So let's speculate for a moment in the last couple minutes that we have. Assuming that this model moves to become an advanced APM under MACRA, 
Where do you see oncology, the field, headed from there? So with regard to the future of oncologists, like, just like many other specialists, they'll have to choose uh, for their Medicare patients whether or not they're going to follow the MIPS path or whether they're going to follow the alternative payment model path. Ultimately, my sense is, is that the statute, Congress, and MACRA ultimately would like to see all providers go into alternative payment model. The advantage of oncology having a alternative payment model early on is being able to learn how to use it, implement it, to be able to help grow the alternative payment model as time goes on and structure it such that it can help transform the practice, which is trying to be funded solely by fee-for-service right now, to a practice that is being funded based on value and quality of care. So from an ecology perspective, we are ahead of many fields, I believe, in terms of specialty organizations. And perhaps other specialty organizations can learn from our experiences. But I also can see going forward that along with alternative payment models, there may be some possibility for integration with another area that oncology um, is very um, interested in, and that's pathways. And pathways is a sequenced event of interventions that can be used for the diagnosis uh, the treatment um, and the care of patients um, and uh, survivors or end of life who have cancer. And so I could actually see that as the PCOP and alternative payment model for oncology evolves, that it may be able to integrate other types of interventions, in this particular case, pathways to improve the care such that no matter where you are in this U.S., wherever you are in this country, if you're a breast cancer patient in rural America or a breast cancer patient in an urban environment, that your care will be standardized and you know that you're getting the best care possible and it would be equal to the care that anybody else is receiving across this, this U.S. Well, with those forward-looking thoughts, I very much want to thank my guest, Dr. Robin Zahn, for updating our audience on the evolution of this patient-centered oncology payment model. Dr. Zahn, it was so nice to have you on the program today. Thank you so very much for this opportunity. To access this interview and other related content, visit ReachMD.com or download the ReachMD app. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, as always, inviting you to be part of the knowledge. You've been listening to Inside Medicare's new payment system, produced in partnership with the American Medical Association. To download this podcast and others in a series, visit ReachMD.com AMA.